We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to the KCSN Live post-game show from the Kingdom Bar and Grill out in Overland Park, Kansas. I'm BJ Kissel, joined by my co-host, as always, Kent Swanson, Tucker Franklin producing, and we'll have Maddie Lane and Craig Stout joining us here in just a bit as the Chiefs pick up their seventh win of the season, move to 7-2 and two after a 27-17 victory over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kent, let's talk some headlines before we bring on the rest, uh, the other two-thirds of the laboratory. Um Man, this is uh, the Kadarius-Tony game. That's how I'm going to remember this one because uh, we all had, even the most optimistic Chiefs fan was was hoping for a game like this. The pessimistic ones didn't know if he was going to make an impact in here in what his second game makes a huge impact with uh, with McCole Hardman not in the game. Uh, he was outstanding. It was so much fun to watch this. You know, <laughs> I, I think there was a lot of low expectations for Kadarius-Tony this year. Not, not Kind of understandably so. Like, there's been some injury concerns. There's been... You know, trying to get in and acclimated in the middle of the season is always really difficult. But he put out a really solid performance today. Yeah. I mean, I was I was very very impressed with how they were able to utilize him on some simple concepts. But yeah. what he was able to do with him was so impressive, and it gives you a little bit of excitement and juice for for moving forward with this offense. What I love most about his performance: six touches, ninety yards as far as offensive yards from scrimmage. Had the touchdown. But to your point, he had the jet sweep. I think it was the 33 yard of the big play yeah. that he picked up chunks yards there. But the rest of it, it wasn't just jet sweeps. They threw him some passes, different areas of the field, caught the one up on the sideline, showed a little bit of everything and that the playbook is opening up for him. And some of those um, are obviously package plays for him where he knows yeah. he's going out there. But some of those, the way in which he was probably not the first read on some of those passing plays shows that he's fitting within the scheme of the offense and not here are your six plays in the game. We'll try to fit you into those. 
his role expanded a lot more than I anticipated early. I mean, they threw him a, they had him isolated on the backside of the formation, threw him a fade route, and he went up and got the ball. You know, he he was using the middle of the field a little bit. They used him on some of the the manufactured touches stuff. Like there was a lot of different ways that they got him in, involved. But that dude was he was <laughs> he got me juiced and got me really excited about him because he kind of put on display the talent that got people so excited and why he went in the first round. Yeah, makes if you're watching this on YouTube, Facebook, uh, the one on one, the Fox Facebook page, you're watching the KCSN YouTube, you're watching on Twitter, wherever you're at, send us your comments, give us a grade on your performance for. Uh, Kadarius Tony uh, in his not his debut uh, second game for the Kansas City Chiefs. Appreciate the shout out of the hoodie right now. You've got about 15 more minutes if you're watching this and you have access to Twitter. Go to the KC Sports Network Twitter account. Make sure to follow us. Retweet that. You can win a hoodie and one of our t-shirts. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Charlie Hustle Hustle hooking up hooking us up with some new gear as I try to figure out how to talk here. I'm, but, I'm wearing I'm wearing mine too. I'm yeah, just a little chilly. There's there's the shirt. I'm rocking it. There we go. But we appreciate should everybody I just wear for it like watching. This rest of the night? You should. I don't. I don't think I can do that. Right. I feel uncomfortable. Make sure to hit that uh, like and subscribe <laughs> button if you're out there watching, uh, or if you're listening to the podcast audio after fact. We appreciate you. But uh, yeah, give us your questions, your comments, Tucker. We'll make sure to bring those up. You see, scouring Twitter uh, for some post game updates. Uh, we'll get some injury updates here a little bit later. It's obviously a headline for this. Want to make sure we get those right with whatever Coach Reed says after the game. But uh, another standout performance uh, in today's game. Another player basically making his second start um, for the season because he didn't play much in Week One. Trent McDuffie. Uh, that dude, that dude's a good football player, man. And like they, we're talking about some of the moves Brett Veach has made, you know, he went up and got Trent McDuffie. Uh, I, he obviously went and got, you know, Kadarius Tony, you know, in, in the trade deadline, but man, a lot of conviction in, in Trent McDuffie as a good football player. Boy, he is putting that on display so far. <laughs> I mean, what he did today, again, continue just to stack good performance on good performance, playing as an outside corner, a little bit on the smaller side. You know, gonna get some challenge down the field, but he's playing the ball well. He's playing man. He's playing the man well. Um, you know, on some of these shots, you know that that that, that the Jaguars tried on him, and you know, hey, good luck, good luck trying to throw over uh, over Clamps McDuffie there. Uh, he's been he's been outstanding so far. So many little things about what he does, his instincts, everything. It's been really really impressive so far. Yeah, it it was big moments that they were throwing. His third downs. It was when he was being challenged. And physical up in the face of the of the receivers, but not so much that he's you know borderline getting a call. Yeah. It just he his athletic fluidity to run you know with world class speed guy. I mean, playing cornerback is the hardest thing to do yeah. in the NFL. Outside yeah. of playing quarterback, it's but tough. physically it's the hardest thing uh, to have to be a reactionary player in those moments. And what we're seeing from him, it's just instincts. It's natural. It's what stood out you know during training camp during that second half of training camp where yeah. everybody was asking. You know, where's Trent McDuffie wife? And we heard a lot about him. And it seemed like for four or five straight days, he was just making plays all over the place. And uh, I think it changes the complexion and complexity of what Steve Spagnuolo can do with his defense when you have a young player out there you can trust to put it on island and to make plays like he is right now. And it's such a bummer that, you know, there was such a, a, a gap in, in the time that he was getting to play on the field. You know, like we all were, uh, I think the Jacks, uh, sorry, the Minnesota Vikings have taken the lead. And, uh, Sorry. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills are losing right now with less than a minute left. That would be massive for this Kansas City Chiefs football team. I've been kind of keeping an eye on it. But, to that. Yeah, let's just do the little, little toast game. We might be toasting the we might be toasting the Vikings here. So uh, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button for the good vibes for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs potentially being in the one seed in the AFC um, here very quickly. But 
back to Trent McDuffie, you know, it was it was a bummer to not get to see that big gap in the season where, you know, he didn't get to play. Yeah. But I think what you're seeing, like, I've seen enough to know, like, I think I think I've seen enough to know a lot about him and and yeah. what he's capable of doing and why he was tri- taken so early. I mean, he was a top 15 for player for us in the KCS and draft guide, and I think he's validated everything to this point. Love it's a small sample size. Love to hear. It. Let's continue on with our headlines from this game and uh, not taking it for granted. He's down there at number three, but Patrick Mahomes uh, <laughs> saw it again. He finished what twenty six of thirty five. 331 yards with four touchdowns and the one interception, but also had the seven rushes for 39 yards. Uh, as the Chiefs, wow, you look at this. I mean, a lot of it was towards the end of the game, but they finished with 27 carries. But before we get to that in the running game, which I'm sure we'll get to later in the show, uh, Patrick Mahomes' performance, what do you think tonight, Ken? Yeah, he was great. I mean, you know, there was a little bit of a scare early on with the ankle. I uh, got rolled up on a little bit. Didn't seem to phase him the rest of the game. Kind of kind of looked like it was a little bit rough during the rest of that, that possession, but I think he – he did a great job uh, just moving, you know, getting the ball out of his hands, throwing the ball with conviction, giving some guys some opportunities to make some plays. Like, I think that was one of the things you saw, you know, the, to close the game out with Marquez Valdez-Scantling, throwing the ball out there, Kadarius Tony throwing a fade up top, um, giving some guys some chance to make plays, and, but also just, you know, hitting all the easy stuff. It was a really, just a, just a workmanlike performance. Obviously, the interception, you want to clean that up, but I mean, this dude's this dude's the MVP favorite for me. I don't, I know yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm slightly a homer. And- and all of the betting sites, I believe, have him as the the odds-on favorite. I know DraftKings definitely does. Uh, I believe the other ones do as well. Yep. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button if you're watching. Uh, jo- Justin Jefferson was ruled down. This is a fourth and goal. They're, they're going on for fourth and goal right now. The Minnesota Vikings are. That is uh, – uh, oh, they're going to call off. I think they're going to call off sides, though. Um, but the Vikings were stopped short. Of the goal line, we're keeping an eye on this game. This is a massive game for the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm sure that that might be why uh, there's some, there's probably a few people still watching. We're gonna wait for them to funnel in. We can all celebrate together. Yeah, and we appreciate if you're listening to the audio afterwards. You're listening to us react react live in the moment of what's going on between the Bills Can't and help the Vikings. But uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes' performance. We talked about it during the week. I know I talked with Trevor Sikama from Pro Football Focus on KCS and Update. I talked about it with Brett Coleman uh, on KCS and Update that. You know, the Jags play a lot of zone defense. Uh, and they had mainly because they didn't have the dudes in the secondary. It was kind of the the uh, prevailing thought. They didn't have the guys in the secondary to play a lot of man defense. But we had seen it throughout this year that a lot of guys that are a lot of teams that predominantly played zone and played more zone were playing a lot more man in general versus the Chiefs. And we saw early in this game, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, those guys absolutely just tearing them apart uh, with those zone with that zone coverage. Uh, looks like the Bills might have come, might have stopped the Vikings short on fourth and goal. So very close to uh, to uh, pulling that one out, but it looks like he might be falling short. How depressing uh, is that for uh, for Chiefs fans? But yeah, no, like I think the receivers, like across the board. I mean, and, and look, the receiver depth got challenged today. We haven't even talked about Andre Cisco with all these cheap shots today. Yeah. But the depth yeah. of the receiving position got tested a little bit, and that's why you saw Kadarius Tony get involved a little bit. They were able to make some plays out there uh, from the receiver position, uh, despite Juju Smith-Schuster going out. I mean, there was some question about Marquez Valdez-Gantling at one point because Andre Cisco headhunted again for the second time So uh, in the game. So, And I know we might have some discourse about that too. But, um, yeah, I, you saw the depth of the receiver core kind of go. But Noah Gray making a big play uh, as well. Like, there's just a lot of guys stepped up today. Maybe not all the all the superstars as as we've consistently seen, except for Mahomes. Yeah, but, I mean uh, nine different guys caught a pass. So uh, I mean, yeah, they, it's amazing. 
he just keeps spreading the ball around. And shout out Chiefs offensive line. I thought they did a really good job in this game. Uh, we knew the strength of this, you know, Jags team. Uh, besides Travis Etienne, was going to be that front. It was yep. going to be Josh Allen, maybe Trevon Walker, the dudes that they have up front to try to get pressure. It was the only chance that they really had um, to put any kind of stress on the Chiefs. And uh, shout out to the Chiefs offensive line, especially Prince Tega. Uh, how do you say his last name? Winogo. Winogo. Prince Tega Winogo. Prince Tega Winogo. Uh, shout out for him stepping in for Angie Wiley, who left with the elbow injury. Again, we'll get more updates uh, as far as the injuries go. And um, let's spend a couple minutes talking about Andre Cisco. I know Maddie and Craig will probably have their thoughts uh, to share as well. But one of the storylines outside of Kadarius Tony, Trent McDuffie, that you're going to remember about this game was number five, just going out there. And especially for we talk about it, uh, especially the second one for me, just that intent was not anything that the NFL seems to say that they're trying to protect players and things like that. I don't know how you watch the second one and think there was anything but ill intent. I looked at so like it kind of looked it's like it's a, a wave of emotions for me. So like I look I watched the first play, my initial thought is dirty hit. And then, you know, I kind of get a little bit like I don't know I don't know how to explain it. Like maybe maybe it wasn't ill intent, maybe it was. I'm not quite sure. But then you see the second play to Marquez Valdez Cantley makes me question everything in the intent of the first one because these are two headshots that are right you know in the first one he does kind of look like he turns his head to maybe try to help initiate contact with the head and then you see it again later where it's like just a blatant you know disregard for the safety of Marquez Valdez Cantley where it's an intentional launch right towards him got a little bit of uh i don't know it made, it made me question both of them and i i, I at this point kind of just feel and we talked in back and forth about this when we were just watching the yeah i felt dirty i think both were dirty and i'm i'm sticking by that you now. you put them back to back especially the way they reacted after the second one uh the first one i just you've, you've seen plays looking very similar to that where they lower the crown of their helmet and it could have been a lot more egregious not that it wasn't and he did hit him uh, by rule with his helmet first. I just feel like in that moment, if he was really trying to stick his crown of his helmet up into his jaw, like we've seen before, um, uh, it could have been. The Minnesota Vikings have just scored a touchdown as the Buffalo Bills attempted to QB sneak, fumbled at the goal line, and have, have, uh, have, have oh my God, a miracle has happened in, Minis- in, in Buffalo for the Kansas City Chiefs. An absolute miracle. Unbelievable. <laughs> you kidding me? The Chiefs might be back to controlling their own destiny. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Holy Buffalo is in Buffalo. So Josh Allen, so the, the 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 Bills had the ball at the one inch line. They had the QB sneak to try to just give themselves a little bit of space. The Vikings have one timeout. They they're were up, only gonna they're be up able, four. They're up they were they're up there. Yeah, the Buffalo Bills they are were. up four. They needed a touchdown. Josh Allen fumbled the ball. On the QB sneak, the oh. Vikings recovered in the end zone for a touchdown, and now they lead. And if they can, if they make this extra point, the Bills need a field goal to tie it. Unbe- uh, unreal! This is unreal. Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's so much. The only situation, oh my gosh. the only game that I can think of where a situation has happened like this was the Chiefs Chargers game back in. With the Philip Rivers. It was Philip Rivers, Andy Studebaker. It was 2011. They were trying to, to run out the clock, and the Chiefs got it. This is unbelievable. Oh, my God. How much time's left in that There's game? There's 37 seconds left. The Bills have plenty of time. Josh Allen, from the game, from what I've seen, has not looked like, like his normal self, though, today. This is incredible. 
Wow. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. If you're listening, there, watching. This is good vibes. Hit, hit for the vibes. The Chiefs can control their own destiny in 37 seconds here. I am. The Chiefs uh, should be a, the only two-loss team in the AFC. Unbelievable. This is surreal. Oh, oh my gosh. Wow. Let us know what you think about the end of that Buffalo game. If you're out there watching at home or catching the highlights on Red Zone, following along on social media. I feel like we're missing a little FOMO right now with social media. Yeah. What's going on. But I uh, have a feeling there's a chance that we're going to have a lot of people coming back into the YouTube video here in about, about 37 seconds. This is incredible. Hey, sorry to interrupt, but I have to tell you about some of these strange tall boys of beer that you might see in the bottled water section of your favorite store. Well, it's not actually beer. It's a liquid mountain spring water company from the Alps, and it's called Liquid Death. And you might be wondering, Tucker, why is it called Liquid Death? Well, let me tell you, it's because... They'll brutally murder your thirst. That's right. Not only are they going to brutally murder your thirst, they are going to brutally murder plastic pollution in the process. It's wonderful with their infinitely recyclable aluminum cans. They also donate 10% of their proceeds from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. It's great. They've got four flavors. They have regular sparkling water. They've got still water, which is the mountain spring water. And they have uh, mango. They have... Uh, berry flavored and they also have the one i like here the severed lime i'm gonna go ahead and crack it on open and you can get a liquid death at your local target walmart 7-eleven or find a liquid death retailer near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash kcsn that's liquiddeath.com slash kcsn we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's, <laughs> let's let's keep talking about the Chiefs and Jags as the Chiefs took care of business today. Again, 27-17 win over Doug Peterson and the Jacksonville Jaguars. And maybe is it time to bring on our boys? Let's do it. Let's bring on Matt and Craig Tucker. Tucker's hard at work over there trying to get all kinds Hi of guys. stuff done. Hey, what's happening, guys? <laughs> is that Jason Mraz or Matthew Lane? You know... It's not the uh, you're not the first person that's ever made that uh, that comparison for me. So um, you know what? We're just gonna roll with the punches. Look at what is, what is this ref, hat? Kent. What is Sweet this ref, hat? buddy? I've been I've been outside. Been outside. I got the windows open in the house. It's like 45 degrees here. You know, Maddie, that's like sleeping weather for you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I, 
Why why are you tearing me down, Kent? Like what, what is happening know. here? Why are you trying to tear me down? I don't know. We I spent don't know. Four minutes doing live by live break or live play by play breakdown of the end of the Vikings Bills game. So let's talk let's bring you guys on talk get us back here. Talk a little bit about what we saw in this game today. Guys, uh, I don't know if you heard our, our original top headlines that we did off the top of the show, but uh, Craig, we'll start with you. Just what stood out to you most about this performance and this win for the Chiefs today? I am only ever going to talk about Trent McDuffie from here on out. <laughs> so every answer that you're going to get is just about Trent McDuffie, the all-world corner. Serious, I said it on the lab earlier this week, and it was based off of a game and a half of reps that if he had played all year long, we'd be talking about him with Tariq Woolen and guys like yeah. that because he has been so good for the Chiefs when he's been on the field. This is yet another performance where – Trent McDuffie goes out, allows his first true catch out there on a perfectly placed ball that was just an absolute dime and a hell of a catch by a wide receiver there. But Trent McDuffie has been elite. He has put the clamps on everybody. He is taking throwing windows away as a smaller receiver against bigger guys. Like It, it is so fun to watch him play football at every facet. I am enamored by this kid. It, it, <laughs> it is a blue chip player already. We're two and a half games in. I know it's early, and I know that can come back and bite me in the ass. I'm calling him already. He's a blue chip player for this team. Well, Craig only wants to talk about Trent McDuffie, so it's only fair. I'm just going to talk about Kadarius Tony and nothing else, right? Let's like, go! <laughs> we covered the entire Chiefs game. It's McDuffie and Tony. That's all that matters. I, listen. He this is the second game out there. Yes, with McCole Hardman not playing, there is a clear role that had to be filled, and it perfectly mm-hmm. fit Kadarius Tony's skill set. Mm-hmm. However, that play, that long run where he hits the spin move between two guys at full speed, that's literally the highlight package you get. Oh, oh we're, now we're just getting the catch. Now we're just starting with the good stuff. Look at him. That's some Tyreek Hill level stuff right there that you're getting mm-hmm. on the video. He's elevating mm-hmm. way up above what he should be able to do, going up and snagging the football on that little slant and go, here's the touchdown. Like, his game was phenomenal, but just that one catch and run, or it might have been the end around where he hits the spin move, that is absolutely everything that you wanted to see from him. That's what he did at Florida. Yes, this player breaks a tackle in this spin move. That's the exact highlight he has from a game at Florida coming into the NFL draft. It's two weeks. Two weeks, and I'm ready to say the the NFL messed up. The NFL Mm -hmm. should not have let the Chiefs acquire this guy because now – no, he's not Tyreek Hill, but he can do some of that same stuff in terms of being dynamic and being able to go up and win a football and separate and be an electric playmaker after the catch. The Chiefs having that guy that can consistently do that is a problem for the rest of the NFL. They let the Chiefs get one. Well, and like, I'm I'm not going to try to spend too much time drawing McColl versus Kadarius Tony comparisons and all that stuff. I yeah, shouldn't. I I. I am a proponent of Kadarius Tony getting more of those manufactured touches moving forward. Um, but I just, it's so refreshing and cool to see a guy that's able to, you know, bounce off contact differently, make people miss a little bit differently with some change of direction, short area quickness, stop and start, but still have the burst and the speed that you see that really helps make some of those plays effective. It's been really exciting to see those plays kind of happen here. You know, in a very short, and again, small sample size, like we're, you know, but like, it's exciting. It's an exciting, he, he's, he's electric. He adds an element and the Chiefs have already figured out how to use him in a real meaningful, impactful way. Um, and that's, that's just, that's really cool to see at this point. Um, it's almost like you should go out of your way to acquire amazing athletes <laughs> at every position. It just doesn't matter. Like, you think that matters? I mean, 
What? I, I think it matters. I mean, okay. uh, listen, I peek behind the curtain. That's the entire premise of my my Seabat article that I write every year. What? AZ Draft Guide. Draft Seriously? good athletes. Guess what happens? They're good at football. So, yeah, no, it, that's what you see. You see him out there. He moves different than a set of NFL players. You see him gaining separation, that spin move, the elevation on that play. You don't see guys do that very often. The it, He is in the 1% of the 1% at this level and the chiefs have already figured out a way to manufacture touches for him get him the ball i mean andy played coy throughout this entire thing oh you know this is a future move we'll see you know it takes a little while to get him integrated and obviously wide receiver injuries forced him into that but holy cow it has been amazing to watch him already in this offense it's truly going to open stuff up in december january and february Everybody is watching uh, this uh, Vikings-Bills game at Kingdom Bar and Grill right now. Um, looks like a potential incompletion here. There's only about 18 seconds left in this game. Um, uh, Vikings are comfortably – or not Vikings, but the Bills are comfortably in field goal range. It was a catch. They got another snap off there. Yeah, they They've are. already moved on by it. So, yeah. I can't believe they didn't review that. I can't believe they didn't review that either, honestly. I think they just got too fast. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not a catch, though. Now we're getting replays of play late. Uh, definitely didn't catch it, but they already got the next playoff and picked up yards. So, that I, you're, not, you're not allowed to do that in a two minute situation. That is just egregious officiating. That's not a catch. Yeah, that's bad. No, that's a terrible. That, that was terrible. They, did, they just showed the replay finally. Unbelievable. Wow. You're not allowed to do that. You can't do you know, that. Another thing they, I was hoping they would show during that game to go back to what you guys were talking about was Brett Beach after like one of like Kadarius Tony's last play. It would have been really nice to show Brett just sitting up there smiling. Just put him just right a, there in the just, booth. Yeah, just right in the booth, just with a big old smile <laughs> on his face. And they're going to they're gonna call a hold. So they're just gonna gift this game to Buffalo, it looks like. Interesting. Well, um, five seconds left. I don't think I think they just kind of have to kick it here. Yeah. I don't think you have a I, chance. We are we are just a mess right now. Just we are just a mess right now here trying to watch this game. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit more just about the offense. You know, we've talked a lot about Kadarius Tony. We talked about uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think one of the interesting storylines: Isaiah Pacheco, Maddie gets a lot of run uh, this game. You don't see. I don't believe Clyde Edwards-Alaire ended up with a. Um, I don't think he ended up with a carry throughout the game. Mm. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly. Um, and- yeah, it's 16 overtime. For, 16 for Sorry. 82. 16 for 82. Clyde Edwards Lair, no carries. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Pacheco, 16 for 82. 5.1 yards per carry. Had the fumble, but I mean, the running game ran through Isaiah Pacheco, Maddie. I, even after the fumble, if there was ever a chance for it to go back to Clyde, that would have been it. Now, I wasn't surprised to see Andy come out and immediately go back to Isaiah Pacheco because that's kind of what Andy does. But the fact that they stuck with him the whole game, McKinnon, I know he was banged up, so that's probably why he didn't get many carries or anything. But it was entirely the Pacheco show on the ground. And I still don't, there's still a little bit to be desired there, right? There's still, it's still not a perfect run game. You still see the fact that he's a day three draft pick at running back, but he just runs so hard and does such a good job getting downhill and getting every little bit of yardage that's available. And that really mattered in the second half. I mean, the second half, you could see him starting to rumble forward. He's falling forward, picking up extra yards. Like the Chiefs run game wasn't great, but it was more than enough to be help balance out this passing attack. And it makes them that much more dangerous. It absolutely does. And it was nice to see Andy do what he typically does with his young players that he wants to keep giving confidence to after that fumble early, put the ball in his hands again. 
get him going again, try and get him some more touches, try and get him comfortable again. I do think it is worth noting in a big, big way the usage for Clyde Edwards at Lair has gone down. And we're not even just talking about in the run game. He's not on the field in the passing game either. I mean, the Chiefs were fairly depleted at receiver and were having to lean on Jarek McKinnon a lot in this game to try and, you know, get some, you know, check downs, man beater, stuff like that to Jet. And it worked. It really did. But you could clearly see that he was getting a little bit tired. Clyde's not the one that's coming in the game. So I, I do think it is something that we have to keep tabs on. Andy likes to go with the hot hand, and it is very clear right now Clyde is not the hot hand, and they're going to go with the rookie here. And the Chiefs are going to have a fifth-year option decision to make in the very near future here. And as it stands right now, I don't know about you guys. I would not be surprised <laughs> if the Chiefs just decide not to pick it up. There's, I would be stunned if they do. I don't think there's any chance that they're picking that up. Uh, Jarek McKinnon actually led the Chiefs in targets today with eight. So he had more targets than Travis Kelsey. So um, there, <laughs> there were some pass plays run, funneling through the running back position. And Jarek McKinnon got eight of them. And Clyde Edwards earlier got two of them, and none from mm-hmm. none for Isaiah Pacheco, but he did do uh, the vast majority of uh, of the ball carries. Actually, Kadarius Tony had more carries than Jerick McKinnon today too. Yeah, we actually had some records. So we talked about Kadarius Tony. I don't think we mentioned the fact that was his first career touchdown in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Marquez got Feldes Santling got his first touchdown in a Chiefs uniform. Uh, Carlos Dunlap got a half sack, which gives him a hundred for his career, putting him in him in pretty esteemed company, especially when you look at the current players in the league that have done that. And then the other one, uh, Patrick Mahomes, although this one we've been following for a while, but now has the most touchdown passes of a player through their first 75 career games uh, in NFL history. Already had wins, I believe, or he's second in wins behind Otto Graham, I believe, and then already had the most yards. So wow. um, going to get right there. He's going to pass Otto Graham if they win the next couple of games. He's going to own the record for the, By the way, wins, Patrick yards, Mahomes, and touchdowns. Patrick Holmes has not played 75 games yet, but he yeah. still has to <laughs> That was his 72nd <laughs> so, yeah. career yeah. game, so yeah, he should exactly. extend his lead uh, <laughs> from here over the next three games. Another yeah. four-touchdown game for Patrick Mahomes. Just just insane. Um, Absolutely all right. great. Uh, Prince Tiguanoga seemed to do, you know, do fine uh, stepping in in replacement of Andrew Wiley. Anything on that, Maddie? The only play that, that stands out is the fullback dive um, where he definitely let the defensive end, defensive tackle slip underneath him. Like he's got to drive that down a little bit more. But besides that, he looked pretty good. The Jaguars weren't getting a ton of pressure against the Chiefs all game. When I was trying to focus on him a little bit, I thought he did a great job. In terms of a guy stepping in to play right tackle, who is essentially the Chiefs backup right tackle, maybe third string if Lucas Ning would be healthy all year. I thought he did a great job, and I'm actually excited to go back and watch because I think just based on what we saw from him in college at Auburn, his movement skills, his athleticism would definitely be something the Chiefs offensive line could use. Orlando Brown Jr. and you know Andrew Wiley aren't the most athletic, most fleet of foot offensive tackles that Andy Reid and Andy Heck have had in KC. Having somebody like Prince out there who can do some of that stuff, getting out into the open field, pulling around the edge a little bit more will be huge for this offensive kind of game planning. So I'm excited to go back and watch and just see what he looked like. Hopefully Wiley's okay. Hopefully the elbow is completely fine, but I thought Prince did a really good job kind of stepping in there versus a defensive line that had been good. They don't have elite premier pass rushers, but they have been really good across the board. And I thought he held his own. And I know that people are going to jump to this and say, Oh, he should be starting. Prince Tiga should be starting, but 
it is worth noting Andrew Wiley looked good before he went out as well. Like there was not a whole lot of pressure coming off of that yeah. right side. They were not protecting them in the way that we've seen the Chiefs kind of protect some of their right tackles. They were leaving them one-on-one uh, for large portions of the game. And it didn't really matter. Uh, Andrew Wiley did a great job. Prince Tiga did a great job. Even the tight ends, when they were convinced against some of the some of the Jaguars' pass rushers, did a really good job holding their own. By and large, the offensive line, the pass blocking, was really, really good today. I, Patrick Mahomes was not rattled for very much of the day. I think the only major shot that he took was on that uh, on that looping blitz that came down where Marquez Valdez-Scantling just made an absolutely insane one-handed grab. That was really the only one that I can think of that jumps to mind is him taking a big shot on a play. And so that you walk away from a game against the Jaguars that have done pretty well rushing the passer, you got to feel really good about your offensive line coming off of that. All right, let's move to defense, I guess. Travis Etienne, 11 carries, 45 yards. Seems like, I mean, I, I don't have any qualms with how the Chiefs handled the run game, though, today. Craig? No, no, none at all. I, I felt like they did a really good job. I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I think this was Nick Bolton's best game uh, as a Chief this season. I really do. I, it, I felt like he was closer to what we saw as him playing the mic last year. Just looked really comfortable fitting the run. Looked really comfortable organizing things. The Chiefs came out, ran some of that bare front ran some of that mugged up linebacker stuff with Leo Chanel when they were in their 4-3. So they did adopt some of those things that they did against Derrick Henry in the second half of that Tennessee Titans game, come out and they're able to do that. But Nick Bolton also was able to limit ETN in the passing game as well. I know everybody remembers that big third and long screen that he caught. Nick Bolton was having to carry the guy vertically there, but he blew up another couple of screens, did an excellent job sniffing things out, limiting ETN. And that was the guy that, Going into this game, I was the most worried about because he is so electric. He has the ability to just break off these huge runs and Bolton in the middle of the field, keeping everything between the tackles and doing a good job in the screen game, limited him from really breaking the game. So it was an excellent job by the Chiefs defense. Uh, just so you know, Bills, 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 uh, Bills, uh, Vikings in overtime still. So that's that is happening right Some now. So fired up members of Chiefs Kingdom, very invested. <laughs> if you hear that, game. that's if you hear what's going on there, that's why. Anyways, Maddie, continue. But I just want to say that, yeah, I'm, I'm with Craig. I thought Nick Bolton did play a really good game. I know that generally speaking, we're a little bit more critical of him than some some people in the media going around. But I thought I thought he played good, and more so, it was when not just run blitzing. There was plays where he was actually sifting down the line of scrimmage and then shooting the gap, and he seemed to be reading it pretty well and pretty fast in this game. So yeah, overall, good game from him. I thought Willie Gay played an excellent first half. It seemed like he you know, didn't see as much from him in the second half as I did the first half. But when that Chiefs defense was really clicking in the first half, he was playing great. You know, we, Craig went off on Trent McDuffie. Got to say, he was as good as ever. On the other side, Joshua Williams played a good game. Wasn't challenged yeah. as much, but yes. the one time they did try to go vertical on him, he stacked the wide receiver, gave them absolutely nowhere to throw the ball. The Chiefs secondary, through and through, played pretty well. Legereus Sneed might have had his worst game of the year against Christian Kirk mm-hmm. in this one. Like he maybe the injury was hampering him a little bit, but that seemed to be the only consistent offense the Jaguars could get was attacking Sneed. And if that's the recipe for success against the Chiefs, I think you feel pretty good. Yeah, they had a lot of success from the slot. I mean, Christian Kirk, two touchdowns over 100 yards receiving today. Like he was, you know, primarily the best, the the, the biggest receiving threat for for the Jaguars. Um, you know they did some they did some good things offensively, uh, but they mm-hmm. just didn't do it consistently in stretches. And I credit to the d- the defense for tightening up and and uh, and figuring some stuff out there. 
Five sacks, I believe, is the most on Trevor Lawrence in his career. So the Chiefs were able to register five sacks um, on on Trevor Lawrence. That was a pretty good pass rush today, Craig. Yeah, it really was. I think the the best part about it, and Steve Spagnuolo still blitz plenty. Don't get me wrong. You, you can't can't take it out of him, even when maybe you're being a little obvious about it on third down. Maybe 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 mug up and back out a little bit, Steve, on occasion, especially when the quarterback's throwing hot all the time. But the four man pass rush did a good job. George Karloftis was a problem at times. Uh, did a really good job staying, keeping the motor hot, batting a few balls down. But Chris Jones was a monster on the inside. He he wrecked the game plan several times having another element to a really good year for Chris Jones right now. We've talked about how consistent he's been this year compared to some previous years, a lot more consistency. We are seeing more and more splash plays. Carlos Dunlap was able to collapse a pocket a little bit, get his half a sack. Mike Dana looked pretty good. And Colin Saunders gets a well-deserved sack as well. That When you come out of a game like that where you're missing Frank Clark, you're missing some members of your rotation that maybe have some of your pass rush juice, and you come away with five sacks, that's a really good day at the office, and it's only going to get better as they continue to grow and as they get members back in the fold. I think that's the big key is Frank Clark was playing some of his best football for the Chiefs before you know the suspension kicked in. He was clearly their best defensive end. Not defensive line, but their best defensive end. He was getting pressure. He's playing the run well. And in his absence now through these first two games, it looks like everyone's kind of stepping up. George Karloftis still playing very good. He's improving. He's still not, you know, this highlight sack player, but he's playing good. And then you have guys, like Craig said, Dunlap's playing better and better. Dana's back and healthy. So this pass rush is turning up a little bit. Steve Spagnuolo had Trevor Lawrence in in a world of pain in the first half. Now, they, they got some momentum at the end of the half, but he had his head spinning for two and three-fourths of a quarter. So that was good to see from the defense. You would have liked to see them put it through for the whole game. But, I mean, I understand backing off of it a little bit there. Yeah, the pass rush is clicking. The secondary playing really good is nice. I can't wait till they're out of this cover two, static cover two shell that they like <laughs> to use a lot still. But uh, I think everything's trending in the right direction. I want to talk about Maddie. January. I want to talk about a couple of the the bigger picture things coming from this game, uh, as far as like end of the year awards. And we're halfway through the season. A lot of people don't want to talk about anything before Thanksgiving. We're halfway through the season now. Can you guys explain to me why, when you look at like some of these uh, betting sites, why Chris Jones isn't listed anywhere on the defensive player of the year, at least being in that conversation, he's not even in like the top five to eight to 10 players listed with the odds of winning that award. Is this strictly because it's a sack interception type award or should this be looked at in some other kind of disrespectful way? Cause I could see you nodding Craig, but Quinn and Williams is listed on there as having odds for it. And Chris Jones isn't, and it doesn't make sense to me still. I mean, I, I feel like because Chris Jones has been good for so long that you have to pop a really elite season. Like, again, you're, you get nine sacks a season as a defensive tackle, and everybody just kind of crowns you as the second-best defensive tackle in the game every single year, and then you have another really good season that looks like it's going to be just barely above that. People aren't going to take note, whereas Quinn and Williams, people are – they have their eyes on him because he's popping a really good season in the middle of, you know, some turmoil to start a season. But the real reason is – the run game isn't sexy, and and Chris Jones has been playing the run way better than he was before, and maybe it's at the cost a little bit of some of the sacks that he maybe would have gotten in years past where you're seeing him kind of swim upwards. You know, I talk to DJ and Mike every week, and they talk about that sometimes. It's like sometimes you got guys that are playing for the big play, and Chris Jones definitely did that in the past. He's doing that far less 
this year. So it's keeping it keeping him at home a little bit more. It means he's not necessarily maybe getting as many chances at sacks as he would have had in the past, but he's a much better player playing the run well, and he's still getting the sacks. It's still coming. So I think that as the season goes along, if he just continues this again, the past four weeks for him, five weeks now have been terrific for Jones, just stacking sacks on sacks. I think after this week, we might see a little bit of movement. We start might start seeing some teams saying, hey, listen, this Chris Jones guy, guess what? He's still really good, and he, yeah. he might shoot up some of those boards. I think optics play a big role too, though. Quinnen Williams, you know, box score stats are better than Chris Jones at this point. He has more sacks, more quarterback hits. I haven't looked at pressures, but they might. And judging by those two, they're probably a little higher. And then you go look at overall team defense. The Jets are winning games based on their defensive play. The Chiefs still have Patrick Mahomes in this offense. So the optics of this defensive tackle with better box score numbers and yeah. how they win the game, he's more important. Now, I agree. If one's going to be on there, Chris Jones should be at least an option for sure. And he's arguably playing as good as any defensive player in the NFL. I don't disagree. Just I get the rationale for why he wouldn't be there given – a lot of what he does isn't showing up in the things that people would vote for for that award. Let's move to the other side of the ball. And I, I agree with all those takes. And I, I get that it's going to be Micah Parsons. <laughs> like it's going to be yeah. a player, Ed Rusher is going to get a lot of those awards. And, and they're all good. But Chris Jones it deserves to be in that conversation with the season that he's having. When places yeah. like PFF are going to have him ranked higher than Aaron Donald, that's fine. Let's move to the other side. Talking Patrick Mahomes, again, halfway through, leads the league in yards leads league in touchdowns all those different things uh oh my god sorry justin we're, 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 insane justin yeah, justin, justin insane. oh my gosh i apologize for listening to the audio after the if you're, listening, you're listening to the podcast audio we were watching in real time the end of the vikings bills game it's now in overtime but. uh justin jefferson just caught a ball on the two like yard line a touchdown yeah. gives the kansas city chiefs the one seed through eleven or through eleven weeks. So this is this is insane. I'm sorry. I can hear my echo. I'm screaming. Sorry. Hey, sorry to interrupt again, but I've got to tell you about our sponsor, Trade Coffee. And going to a coffee shop is a great experience, but it's not something most of us can do every day. If you're looking for that delicious local coffee shop taste on a daily basis, it's so much easier to get that with Trade Coffee. Trade Coffee is a coffee subscription service that makes it so easy for you to discover new coffees and make your best cup of coffee at home every day. No fancy equipment needed. It's wonderful. Whether you know what you're doing and you already know what kind of coffee you like or you're looking and you need some help, Trade makes it easy and convenient to discover new coffees. They'll send you ground coffee or whole beans or however you make it your coffee at home. They will send it to you. It's absolutely perfect. It's a win-win in my book there. Here's how you got to do it. You're going to upgrade your coffee today with Trade Coffee and let them take the guesswork of finding your perfect cup. Right now, Trade is offering listeners a total of $30 off their subscription plus free shipping at drinktrade.com slash KCSN. That's drinktrade.com slash KCSN for $30 off your subscription to the best coffees in the country. Drinktrade.com slash KCSN. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Uh, let's go back to Patrick Mahomes. Where do you think he is as far as the MVP race? Because I had this conversation with Nate Taylor. I know we've got some highlights that we're going to roll here. I had the conversation with Nate Taylor. He said it's going to be fascinating by the end of the year. If Jalen Hurts and the Eagles continue doing what they're doing, Tyreek Hill breaks every offensive record set by a wide receiver in NFL history. <laughs> and then Patrick Mahomes continues to be the best player in football. Where do you guys think we're at after today? I mean, I, I think that... I, I think that he should be up there in the MVP voting, and it's going to be it's going to be the LeBron James thing. I, we talk about it all the time. Like he's always been good, and he continues to be good. He is clearly playing some of the best football of his career. This is arguably the best season of his career right now, and teams are going to look at or voters are going to look at Jalen Hurts and say, "Well, listen, they're they're undefeated. They're playing really well. He came out of nowhere. Tyreek Hill is doing all of this in Miami, so." I feel like he's going to not get the votes that he would otherwise, even though he is clearly the best player in the NFL right now and is elevating everything around him and this offense. Like He's been so, so good for so long that we just kind of get used to it and people are just going to kind of lean on that. Yeah, I think the the better Tyreek Hill plays, the more production he puts up, I think the stronger it makes Mahomes' case, honestly. Mm. If if Tyreek Hill goes out and breaks all these records and then Mahomes is still very clearly the best player in the NFL, like, well, okay, like, what are we going to do with this now? He just lost that guy from last year and then got better this season. So I think Tyreek Hill being so good this year gives him a leg up on potentially winning the MVP. I'd say right now the biggest competition is the Eagles and Jalen Hurts going undefeated, which would be insane. But if that happens, it would be hard not to give it to the quarterback of a team who's playing really darn good of an undefeated team. As soon as the Eagles hit one loss, though, if things continue the way it has been, I do think it's kind of Mahomes' Mahomes award to lose at this point in time. Like He's just been that good this year through a lot of different ups and downs of this team, reconstructing injuries, new guys around. He's just been steadily the best player week in and week out. Uh, Josh Allen's going to have a chance to make an argument here despite not playing particularly well today and fumbling the ball on the goal line uh, because the Minnesota Vikings have just taken a three-point lead with three minutes and 42 seconds left in overtime. Josh Allen could drive down and and score a touchdown uh, to potentially uh, save this game for the Bills. Um, But the, the, the Vikings... Got they 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 had the ball in the two yard line and they pooped the bed and uh, negative run and then a sack and then just kind of screwed themselves over. So um, Patrick Mahomes ruins football for all of us Chiefs fans that are used to mm-hmm. watching exceedingly amazing quarterback play. And then whenever you watch anybody else, even on a very good Vikings team, you're just like, why can't they do what our guy does? That's he. It, we talk about it all the time normalization of greatness. Normalization of greatness. It's just he's playing on a different level. He consistently is. The way he makes things look so easy. And like today, it was just a very workmanlike, easygoing four four touchdown game. It was impressive. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> Tucker's got some injury updates for us coming from the post-game press conference. Tucker, what do you got? Yeah, these are from our friend uh, Charles Goldman, who's been uh, – obviously he watches those press conferences like a hawk. Andy Reid confirms that Juju Smith-Schuster and Chris Lammons both – have concussions, says Andrew Wiley suffered a sprained elbow. Um, so that's mm. that's not a great one. He also goes on, Andy Reid also talked about Juju Smith-Schuster's hit, um, but he, he he adds not the not the one making the decisions there, that he's not the one making the decisions there. And the official said that the play was shoulder to shoulder, uh, no head to shoulder, another quote <laughs> on that. Uh, guys don't get hit in the shoulder and lay down on the ground like that. That's what I tried to relay to the officials, is what Andy Reid said. Uh, <laughs> Canarius Tony also said he feels like he's right where he needs to be. 
And I think I would agree with him on that. <laughs> he looks happy. I mean, just the way he's playing, the 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 attitude he keeps on the field when he's playing and stuff. Everything about it. Just who's your favorite player? Pat Mahomes. <laughs> Pat Mahomes. Who's your favorite team? <laughs> yeah, no. We're going to wrap the show up here. We've got a couple more segments left, and I know we're going to get to special teams here in a minute, but before we do that, it is that time again for our Toast Game segment presented by our friends up at Holiday Distillery up in Western Missouri. If you're looking for a place to hang out in the Kansas City area, you want to take a tour of the distillery, head up there, go see Matt. He'll take care of you. It's a phenomenal time. They've got the new Ben Holiday bottle and bonded bourbon out, and if you can find it in the shelves at uh, your local liquor store, go check that out because it is amazing. But our Toast Game MVP, Kent, we'll start with you this time. Who are you raising your glass for after today's 27-17 victory? Noah Gray's coming on a little bit here. Three catches, 45 yards last week. Two t- two catches, 20 yards, and a touchdown today. He's playing a pretty solid football lately. Noah Gray's my guy. All right, Maddie, we'll have you go next. I think that we're going to – we talked about him a little bit. We're going to go with Prince Tego Winogo. Um, I think just having to step in in that situation and then not having any noticeable drop-off in offensive line play – and quite frankly, looking really good out there in limited reps. So yeah, big, big toast to him. And you know, we'll have to see if he has to fill in for a long term, what that looks like going forward. But the first test was a pass. Cheers to Prince Tega. I, as much as I want to put Clance McDuffie on the stand here, um, <laughs> I'm going to have more opportunities to do that. Man, we got a toasted Carlos Dunlap. 100 sacks. Yeah. Getting, yeah. getting a half one, 100 sacks. Toast to you, man. He, he's been a revelation, a really good free agent addition. Brett Beach might be good at this stuff. <laughs> All right. I am going to raise my glass to Kadarius Tony for yep. six touches, 90 yards, averaging 15 yards a touch. A lot of people didn't know what the, the expectation was going to be for him this season, let alone two games in, to make the impact that we saw from him today. Uh, and, again, it wasn't just design plays. We saw him go up and – kind of moss one on the sideline. We just saw the highlights of that just a few minutes ago, making plays all over the field, which is exactly what uh, the most optimistic Chiefs fan was looking for when Brett Beach and company traded for him and brought him over for a couple of mid-round picks that you already feel like the Chiefs won that trade. So this is for Kadarius Tony making what is hopefully the first of many impacts during his time in a Chiefs uniform. And he only has three and a half years left in Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) Only. A lot of cost control. I think that was one of the things. Like I, I think we're all geeked out about what they've been able to get to this point. But like this, this did feel like a long term move. But it feels like they're in really good shape long term. Mm-hmm. The guy like Kadarius Tony's going to continue to do what he's doing. All right, and now guys, we have a drawing for the winner of the Charlie, the KC Sports Network Charlie Hustle hoodie, just like the one that I'm wearing, and the T-shirt, just like Ken is wearing. One lucky person is going to win both of those items thanks to our friends over at charlie hustle and and us for sending it to you. <laughs> and us, <laughs> us for sending us. it to you so that was for anybody that retweeted and followed uh, the post on social media and tucker has got a winner for us tucker who's the big winner yes i am uh, running the draw as we speak um i misspelled our twitter handle so i had to redo it uh my my keyboard is uh double types my r's uh for some reason hardest working man at KCSN. uh yeah i just make it harder on myself is what it ends up being um okay uh here we go doing the live draw right now as we speak continuing through the winner is we could help him out but we're just gonna let him figure it out brent shout out brent at wabash 1675 on twitter uh you will have a dm we will DM nice you. k stater let's go brent love it congratulations 
You got some KCSN gear coming your way. Make sure you DM him. I'll DM we'll him right shipping, now. It, shipping information. We'll probably do some more of that. We got this new gear. You can find the link for it in the description of the YouTube page. You can find it on social media. Go to charliehustle.com slash KC Sports or collections slash KC Sports Network to find all the new swag. It's great. I love it. I, uh, I still need to get my hoodie, but it, I know it's soft and comfortable when everybody keeps talking about it. Mm-hmm. Third way of saying you haven't got your hoodie yet? It's a little, a little hint, Beach. All right. Well, Grant's going to get a hoodie before you are after that comment. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> All right. Let's let's talk a little special teams to wrap this one up. Uh, we'll have oh, a few no. more days after this to uh, to break this one down. But Do we have to. Our live reaction is Craig's idea, so he can go first. My oh. idea. My idea. Um, special teams is a problem this season. Uh, I, I know that, like, we, we've seen it cost the Chiefs a couple of games here. Uh, it, it's becoming more and more and more of an issue teams bringing the ball out and losing yardage instead of just taking the ball and, you know, kneeling on it in the end zone, obviously got a got caught off guard by an onside kick here. Harrison Butker has now missed either a chip shot field goal or an extra point in three consecutive games. And then the fourth one, he did miss a long field goal, far more understandable. Tommy Townsend's really the only guy right now that's playing with any sort of consistency on special teams. It's been bad. Lots of fumbles, lots of mistakes. Mm-hmm. This is how bad teams hang around, and the Chiefs have allowed bad teams to hang around because of that. So I, I just look at this, and I'm looking towards January. You know, we do that a lot in trying to say. Play made possible by the K-Stater on the last one. Bills lost. Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson with the game-winning kick. Oh, my gosh. Um, if you didn't know, if you were watching live, you sorry. saw me look at Kent, and I said K-Stater as Duke Shelley broke up the pass to Dawson Knox so on the play right before that. I just uh, – we I bet you we'll get a few people in here here for a second. The Kansas City Chiefs control their destiny in the AFC now after the Buffalo Bills have lost at home to the Minnesota Vikings after a Josh Allen, not my MVP – Interception. You can't do that to Patrick Peterson. Obviously, but I think it's, it's a bad is that his fourth turnover of the That's game or his third? Throw. Is it his third or his fourth turnover? Uh, third, I think. But is I it his third or his fourth turnover? I I don't know. Um, but the the Chiefs are in the one are in control of their own destiny now in the AFC. Let's go. They have a they they can if they run the table, it doesn't matter what anybody else can anybody else does. And it's still early. Obviously, I know there's seven and two. There's eight games to go. They control their own destinies. They control their own destiny now in the AFC. This is amazing. I'm like old grumpy man because I hate that saying. Just saying, control your own destiny. Anyway, uh, if you like that result, hit the like and subscribe button. Maddie's got Maddie's got a look. I, control your own I destiny. Just to, I'm just an old man. Like you just no, no, can't no. control I'm fine destiny. With that. Uh, no, no, I'm fine with that. Yeah, like you. If the Chiefs win out, they get to go there. But yeah, saying they control their own destiny like that implies that they can make the rest of the teams like play bad or everything else. I, I'm with you there. I wanted to bring it back to the special teams because Craig was in the middle of a fantastic point, and then you know Josh Allen's lack of MVP status uh, ruined that for us. Um, so special teams, though, the big mistakes are there: the miss, the leaving points on the board by missing kicks, the fumbling returns, all that stuff is there. But not more concerning, but equally concerning is just how bad they are, giving up big returns, 
having poor returns on their own, like their starting field position this year is a stark step back, and they're not pairing that with big plays as well. So just not only are they having these big dynamic plays on special teams that are negatives, but their consistent down in and down out special teams play is down. It looks bad. It looks like a poorly coached special teams play right now. And if that's the case, Ooh, that's that's not great. That's not great because that's supposed to be one of his team's strengths, and they're going to be costing them games. It looks at least, though, that they have solved one problem, which would be uh, the punt return game looked a lot better with Kadarius Tony back there, a little more comfortable back there, a little more confident back there. The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs, if, thank you to everybody that has jumped in. Please hit the like button. Please hit the sub sub subscribe button. We are celebrating a Chiefs win and celebrating the current one seed in the AFC the Kansas City Chiefs after the Buffalo Bills uh, didn't have the MVP on their football team and lost. So, anything, Beach? It's a good day. It feels good. I like we were talking it's about the, we were talking before the game. It just felt like a weird vibe today. You know, just things kind of just felt like kind of weird, and you know, like just the game too. Even like it just was more workmanlike. The energy and the intensity. I'm not saying it wasn't there. It just felt a little different, right? coming out of, you know, the Tennessee game. And this was a weird day. And the Chiefs win by double digits. They cover. And they go, and now they're the one seed. What? In a, in a, before December hits. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I thought this, honestly, I thought when, when this got tied, I was like, how many more games are the Bills actually going to lose? And they've lost two since then. And Josh Allen's, he didn't look right today. He didn't look completely right today either. Yeah. So, last you, week. You got Chiefs. Taking on the Chargers next week, and Big the Chargers game. playing tonight in prime time. So, Chiefs fans, I mean, if sit you, back and enjoy that one as well. Try not to look too too ahead of the schedule, though. You know, but the Chargers game's huge next week. Now, like the the magnitude of this Chargers game just gets just ginormous for this football team because we're looking at that the, the Chargers are uh, heavy underdogs today. Uh, they can really separate themselves from the rest of the AFC, very or AFC West. I'm sorry, with a win next week. The chief, yeah, the Chargers lose. If, if uh, yeah, the, sorry, yeah. the Chiefs, the Chiefs can, the Chiefs can really separate themselves from the AFC West. And we're sitting here looking at okay, that this is the, the at, at Los Angeles next week is one of the biggest obstacles yeah. to this team running the table. I think they're this is one of the toughest games that they're going to experience the rest of the year. So, um, everything just got crazier already. <laughs> this is wild. You know, one thing we haven't done on here enough, and this is a special shout-out to close out this show, I want to shout-out Christian Gumminger. Yeah. Our guy who's out at Arrowhead every single week for the home games. He's meeting all the different people that we give tickets away to for um, home games at Arrowhead Stadium uh, at KC Sports Network. We give away two tickets every week randomly to a subscriber of our paid Substack newsletter. You can find the link if you're interested in getting an email, uh, two emails a day, morning, with a bunch of analysis that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, guys putting in the work, doing that content. And then in the afternoon, Charles Goldman giving you the updates of the day. Uh, you can sign up for free. You get the afternoon uh, emails from Charles, but the morning ones, uh, you can get from these three guys along with uh, Joseph Hefner, new addition uh, to KC Sports Network, a sports data and analytics guy really breaking down uh, in a really cool way, in a really way that anyone can uh, kind of understand it, um, breaking down content in that way with for us every Saturday. But a lot of cool content. We give away two tickets to randomly to a subscriber of our paid Substack, And then also we donate four tickets to the Boys and Girls Club of Greater KC uh, to take uh, four people who have never been to Arrowhead, never been to a Chiefs game or um, very influential within the Boys and Girls Club programs to 
um, you know, give them something cool to go and do. And Christian, our guy, he's our community outreach coordinator. He meets uh, with both of those sets of people. He takes the kids from the Boys and Girls Club over to the team store, buys them hoodies and T-shirts, all kinds of cool stuff, part of what we do with the KCSN Foundation. And so I want to shout out Christian. Uh, he sends the photos. We tweet them all out. Uh, but he's out there running around doing all the work. He's enjoying the Chiefs game as well. Um, <laughs> but a uh, special shout-out to Christian for doing that work and helping us out on the foundation with all the different things that we do, but particularly when we have home games like this and get to give that experience of a game like this to different people. Special. It's, it's, it's the getting to see the photos that we wanted up posting on, on KC Sports Network was one of the coolest things when you're – you know, when you're when you're home looking after the game and all that stuff. So shout out Christian, great dude, big heart, and uh, excited to have him being part of this. Pretty great. All right, final thoughts, Craig, before we let everybody go. What you got? Trent McDuffie, really good at football. End of thoughts. Love it. Maddie, what you got? Kadarius Tony, really good at football. <laughs> End of thoughts. Tucker, surprising you. What do you got? Yeah, I wasn't really prepared for this. Um, uh, I hope Joe Juju Smith-Rodeau is going to recover fully and healthy because he played a really good first part of the game. Is he related mm-hmm. to Juju Smith-Schuster? <laughs> what did I say? <laughs> no I don't know. Let us know in the comments what name Tucker just said. Hmm. Give us the, that final comment. That? Before we let everybody go, Kent, what you got? Patrick LeVon Mahomes. <laughs> really it. good at football. End of thought. Chiefs, just really good at football. Andy Reid, very good <laughs> football coach. MV Pat. Brett Veach, very good general manager. A lot of things are working for the Chiefs right now, and a lot of things are working for us at KC Sports Network, and we appreciate all of your support. We know there's a lot of cool places uh, to get your Chiefs content. We appreciate being one of those places that you stop, whether, you're again, you're watching live or you catch the podcast afterwards. We appreciate you following us on your favorite platform of choice to consume content. For myself, BJ Kissel, for Kent Swanson, Tucker Franklin, Maddie Lane, Craig Stout, and Christian out at Arrowhead, we appreciate all you for tuning in. Enjoy the game tonight. You'll have more content from us to KC Sports Network throughout the week, including a live laboratory on Monday night at 8 p.m. Central. Make sure to hit that uh, subscribe button on YouTube. Turn those notifications on so you don't miss that. But appreciate all your support. We'll see you all next time. Go Chiefs! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.